Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast, the show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X Podcast. So this week I have a brilliant guest on the show, Matt Eldridge, and we're going to be talking all about websites. So Matt is the founder of an award-winning digital agency called Melt. And Melt work with businesses and entrepreneurs and they work with technology, design, marketing to help those businesses grow. And Matt and I met through our mutual friend and mentor, Chris Ducker. So we met at a small one-day mastermind about 18 months ago, and I thought it'd be brilliant to have Matt on the show to talk about when we repurpose our content and we get people to come to our website, how can we get them to then take the action that we want and stay on the website? So um, so firstly, Matt, welcome to the show. Hi, Amy. Thanks for having me on. It's brilliant to have you on, Matt. <laughs> um, tell just... Uh, can you fill in a few gaps and tell us a little bit more about what, what you do, your background, what you do at Melt? Yeah, sure. So um, predominantly we help entrepreneurs, business owners to kind of put the right website in place. So marketing focused websites because you've got brochure websites and then websites that should generate leads and then have follow-up systems and sales systems. So we kind of do a lot of that. And then it's putting in the kind of assets like the downloads, the surveys, the things that are going to generate the leads and then the system behind that to kind of increase sales and, and help you to kind of make your business better with business systems, essentially. And what kind of businesses do you work with? Quite a wide range, but we do a lot with coaches and kind of people selling information products, um, membership sites. We, we kind of specialize in membership sites as well. And we do a lot with automation stuff as well. So, um, yeah, we've got a wide range, but predominantly coaches and kind of consultants is probably the core of the business. Oh, that's, that's great. Okay. And um, so, I mean, I always love talking to you about anything to do with websites because you're so knowledgeable and I always learn so much at every conversation that we have. Um, as I mentioned, so when we work with our clients to repurpose their content and when I'm teaching people like on this podcast about content repurposing, a lot of the time, you know, what we're really trying to do is get content everywhere, get people interested, whether they're on social media, listening to a podcast, on LinkedIn, wherever. But the, the call to action is usually to then try and get people to come over to your, to your own land, basically, to your website. And um, we don't want people to then kind of fall flat because, the you know, they get there and then <laughs> like, the website's not great or it's missing some key features. And I know that you and I, um, you kind of talked to me before about how there are these kind of seven core elements that websites should have um, to to keep people there and help to convert them. So it would be great if we could kind of just go through those seven, if that's okay, Matt. Yeah, sure. So um, do you want me to go in any order? or <laughs> in, in whichever order you think is the best. <laughs> so I think the key thing if you're driving traffic from social is that once they hit the certain page, it's relevant to what they've come from. I think that's one of the key things people make a mistake with is, they talk about something, it goes to a page that has no relevance to what they're talking about, and that's where you get people go, I don't know what you're talking about, and leave. Um, but when you actually get to a page, the kind of key thing to get people in is like a, a good headline. Um, it's similar to like the email marketing stuff. A good headline will get them to kind of read the first page. But then as you come down the page, 
or the site, you want to have things like authority elements. So these are things like as featured in badges. So if you've been featured on the BBC or ITV or in a, in a prestigious magazine in your industry, you want to kind of make sure that's on there. That builds subtle credibility that you're an author and you've been valued in what you do. Then we kind of talk about likability. So this is kind of putting a face to who you are. Um, and you do this really well with your my story page on your website. Um, and it's just kind of showing who you are, that you're actual real person. Do they, do they like you? Do they like what you stand for? So kind of putting yourself or members of the team on the page or the site as well. And then another thing is consistency in the design that the kind of page has. So is it consistent from where they've come from? Um, and if they w walk around the website and look around, is it consistent? Because a lot of sites will look very different on different pages and it gets confusing for users. So is, um, that, um, is that where it's all about more, are we talking about the branding there, so kind of the brand colours, the brand fonts, that kind of thing, and, and making sure that the content that you put out on an, maybe on another platform, like on social media or, or, or where, iTunes, wherever, is it that, you know, just to make sure that that has the same look and feel as when the person lands on the site? Yeah, so most people would judge you within the first three seconds of the credibility of your business by the design. So um, it's important to make it look good, obviously, but if they're jumping around and looking around different pages, if the pages have not the same template necessarily, but the same, like you say, fonts, colors, um, same button style, it's important to have that in the website because it kind of trains people that a call to action is green or blue or orange or whatever you want to have. Um, the fonts look the same. So you are, you put some effort into it. You've made it look professional and they just get used to that look and feel and it just looks a lot more professional, essentially. And, and then, you know, with regards to um, what you said, I just wanted to pick up on something just before you move on to next, what you said about um, having you, so the, the sort of the personal side and putting the face to the name and that kind of thing, and the team as well. So, you know, a lot of people do that on their about page, kind of save that up for the about page. But um, I guess what you're saying is that you should make sure that that's kind of dispersed more throughout the site is that right so on, on more than just your about page yeah so if you can get someone to a landing page and you've got a video which you talk into the camera that has a known effect to boost conversions because people are actually getting a feel for who you are how you talk and if they like you or not so and also people's attention span is a lot shorter so yeah <laughs> uh, they, they want to watch videos so that's a really good way of doing it and again if you have subtle kind of pictures of the team around the site and it can be next to the calls to action. So it could be book your strategy call with me and it could be like a, a picture of you. So if you're kind of a one man band or a small team, if you've got those little pictures of you around the site um, where it's kind of saying, let's book our one to one strategy call or talk to us about this service. And, and the person's next to it. What you generally find is if people phone up, they'll ask for that person. And when they kind of fill out the form, it'll be like, hi, Amy. Or <laughs> So it just helps to kind of let people see you're real. And that just kind of boosts the fact that they think, okay. Because if you go to six websites and you see one website with people on it, you instantly kind of get more drawn in. I, yeah. I don't know if you notice that if you – you'll go and look at the about page and you'll kind of read some of the bios or look for the team. So I, I, I tend to go and look for the team. Um, 
and you just want to see what they're about and who they are. And a lot of the time, you're kind of critiquing how they look and stuff, which is a bit shallow, but you you just want to kind of see if they're real. Yeah. Trust is a key thing with websites because it's so easy to knock up a website. You want to trust that the people are real and that they could help you, essentially. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I love your websites. We'll put the links to everything. Um, but on, on your website, you know, you see you and you see all of the team as well. So any clients working with you can immediately put the, the faces to the names of the team as well. It just looks so friendly. There's such a warm feel to your site. So I can see how you've put an, a lot of emphasis on that. And I love the idea that you said about how when you're asking people to book a call or something like that, that it isn't just, so, you know, click here, but actually have the picture of you and say book a call with me. It's just so much more personal, isn't it? And then I guess if they get in touch and do say, hey, Amy or hey, Matt, then you've succeeded in, in that because they really did feel, you know, like they were immediately going to come into your inbox, which is nice. Um, and, and just one more thing before you move on. So you mentioned about adding the um, the logos and, um, you know, any credibility, anywhere, anywhere you've been featured or anything like that to add all of that, to add that credibility. Um, so our mutual friend, Janet Murray, she likes to call that the bling, doesn't she? Like puts a kind of bling on the side. Um, do you think there are any um, kind of rules as to what you can add? You know, what, what would constitute that you could add someone else's logo and say that you were featured there so for me i would so if if i came on your podcast and i i could then justify and say i've been on your website or i've been on your content so i can justify that if if i've written an article and i've another thing if i paid to have an article published in a magazine yeah. um, so it's anything that's credible and Again, a lot of people go, well, I've not been on the BBC or I've not been uh, in Entrepreneur magazine. It doesn't matter. It needs to be relevant to your business and you're striving to get into that world. So as you grow, you might start to get recognized by bigger people and bigger brands. And if you start to get featured, you can always swap out the smaller brands. Yeah. Um, so it's important just to kind of – you. You might not think it's worthy, but someone that comes to your website might see that and go, wow, they've been featured there. And it's not going to convert just for that logo. It just adds that sort of credibility. They must know their stuff to be asked to put some content in that magazine or that on that blog or on, on that website. Yeah. And like you said, you can kind of just build that up as you start to, to grow and be featured in more places. Then you can strategically decide which one you, you make stand out more than the other and that kind of thing. So it makes sense. <laughs> um, There's also, um, also awards as well. So yeah. if you've won an award for, like, I, I think you, you won an award recently for your podcast, I believe, or you won a competition. Was that right? Oh, yeah. Um, with uh, uh, Podcast Movement. Yeah, so you could put award-winning you could put something like that on your yeah. website again to build that sort of credibility. Um, if you're a trusted supplier, so if you work with a certain software that people know, if you're a gold partner for, let's say, Microsoft Office or Google Partner, stuff like that's good to add because, again, it shows I've actually, I actually know what I'm doing. Yeah, and these people trust me enough to partner with me, and you've heard of them. So, you know, again, it all just adds that about trust, doesn't it, that credibility. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Sorry, I kind of like delved a bit deeper into some of those areas, but carry on. You, you were 
doing no, so right. I, 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 was, I was running through it quite fast, so I'm going to slow me down. Um, <laughs> so the next thing is social proof. Yeah. And what you want to achieve here is <laughs> it's a lot easier to get people to sell for you than you to sell yourself. So obviously getting testimonials, if you can get video testimonials, that's great because no one can doubt a video testimonial. Um, testimonials, what I think most people make the mistake of doing there with a testimony is they just get a random testimonial that says, oh, the service was great. But if you're driving someone to like a landing page that sells a consulting or some kind of result-based service you do, it needs to be relevant to that service and have kind of the results in the headlines and has to talk about the potential pain points that you're trying to solve. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So if you can get that social proof, if you've got five-star reviews on Google, you can put that kind of stuff on there. If you've got five-star reviews on Facebook, again, if you're on a special kind of directory for your industry and you've got good reviews on there, Trustpilot as well, you see a lot of that um, on a lot of big corporate sites because they kind of make a big play on that. And the reason it works is because we look at reviews for so much of what we do. So yeah. if I want to go for dinner, I'll Google uh, restaurants near me and I'll choose the one with a I don't generally go to ones below three or four no. <laughs> same with Netflix if you want to choose a film or a program you're not going to want the one that's got 2.5 or 55 are you no. so, um, it does work so you have to just kind of make sure you're getting that social proof from, from your kind of customers um, don't make them up <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, like you said video testimonials are always brilliant and if you can't have a video at least to have a, a photograph of the um, person who gave the testimonial um, I have a question for you which is um, I remember I think it was when I was at social media marketing world earlier this year and somebody was talking about social proof and testimonials on websites and he said that a big mistake people make is that they have a testimonials page and then they just put all the testimonials on that page and then that page is in kind of the drop down of the menu or something like that. Whereas he said, um, actually, you shouldn't have a page that just has testimonials on. You should have testimonials just scattered through every page of your website or maybe not every single page but like you know basically don't have a dedicated page but scatter them on your home page on your pages about each service even on your about page and things like that have testimonials what's your opinion on that not having a dedicated page or scattering them everywhere uh, i do both um so what we generally find is people will go and look at them um it's not going to be the most hit page in on your website, but if you've got that kind of test what our clients say or uh, praise kind of page, people will go and look at it. So probably five, ten percent of people will go and look at it. But it's also it's kind of good to do a dump of all the testimonials just to kind of build credibility. But like I talked about earlier, when you're kind of putting them around the site, they need to be relevant to that page. So if you're selling four services you don't want to have the same testimony on each service page. You want to have the testimony that answers the problems that that service solved. So for you, yeah, you could, I've saved so much time. It's kept me consistent. Um, but you just want to kind of put the testimony next to something. So if you're talking about a specific part of your service that saves that problem, put the testimony next to it. And that, that just works a lot better than just dumping testimonies in those little sliders and yeah uh, yeah just having the same testimony pop up on the sidebar every time it's just a, it's just a lazy way of doing it 
Um, for me, testimonials and social proof are one of the key things you need. So it's important to one, make effort to get them. You might have to bribe people. Um, so for us, we'll, we'll kind of give people a three hours worth of time just to give us a testimonial if, if they're a bit, not hesitant, but you know what it's like, you're busy. Time strapped. Mm. Yeah. So <clears throat> we'll just say, oh, can you leave us a five star Google review? Or sometimes just write it and say, are you happy with this? Because you can tweak it to suit what you want to say on the website as well. Yeah. Or in your sales page or your sales copy, you can tweak it, get them to sign it off or tweak it a little bit and then you're good to go. Yeah. And then strategically place them where you need to put them. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. You probably could get away without the page, but we generally do both. We've got both on our site and we do a lot of sites with both. And from looking at the analytics, people do generally go to them. But if you've got a very busy navigation system, you could probably drop it and just use it around the site as well. Yeah. Okay. And so um, what are the other, are there any other kind of thinking through, we've been through so much and making, um, be making notes myself, actually thinking of little things that I should be doing differently on my site. Mm. Um, so, um, so what other features are there, Matt, that you think people should focus on? The key thing that, you find with a lot of websites. So I do a lot of health checks, look at a lot of websites. Um, <laughs> and I'd say 90% of them don't have calls to action. Okay. And if they do have a call to action, it's confusing. Like a lot of people go to these conferences and they see people talk about web forms. You know, you need a web form, a lead bait, you need this on your website. So what they go and do, they sign up for MailChimp or something, kick <laughs> out a form and just dump it and it says sign up for updates or um, fill out the form. But no one knows what they're getting. So why would you sign up if you don't know what you're getting? So your calls to action needs to be very clear on what they're getting next. And what you want to try and do is just take people the next step. Don't ask for the world. If you want them to book a call, that's cool. But all you have to do is ask for their first name, email, and phone number, or their Skype ID, or whatever you want to do the call on. Don't ask too much. Um, you can then do more stuff. Uh, later date when you've built that rapport with them they've liked you so if you if you wanted to do like a, a, a application form you can ask a lot more questions but at the first step just get the bare minimum and be very clear about what they're doing next and on web pages should you only really have one specific call to action on each individual web page yeah so the saying is confusion kills conversion mm. so if you have multiple calls to action on a page, people won't know what to do. So you should really try and have one, maybe two calls to action on a page. Um, I would always advise one personally, and I've found pages with one work better. But you can have multiple calls of action for the same thing around the yeah. page. Um, so, for example, at the top it might say book your discovery call now, and that might scroll them down to the bit where they fill out the form. Um, so you could do it that way. but yeah, try and stick to that key thing and make it as clear as possible. People have very short attention spans on websites. They're scanning generally. So it needs to be clear what they're getting or what they're signing up for and what they have to do next. So make sure your button doesn't just say submit. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and also what's interesting, don't put a form on the page um, because as soon as people, people have kind of got trained to see, oh, they're just going to market to me now. 
Whereas if you have a button and it pops up with a form, it, it seems to work a lot better. So oh, yeah. conversions tend to be a lot higher. If you, if you want someone to say, if like a service business like us, obviously we need people to get in touch through a form. So if they go into a project page, obviously you want a form there. But if you're saying download this guide, generally pop-up forms work better than just putting the form on the page. That's really interesting. I think we on our website do tend to have the um, pop-ups, but we're going to go and have a look now because it's really interesting. I did wonder about um, the split testing on that and what was the best practice. Um, when people are running, say, ads or they have content out on different platforms or maybe so on Instagram where it's their kind of key link over to their website, should it be over to their website, to the homepage, or should you... Um, generally take people to just a landing page i i would recommend a landing page so okay. what because if generally home pages are quite bad pages because you're trying to do too much on that page so what you want to try and do is get them to a page where it kind of either talks about your key service um or it's some kind of giveaway so one of the other things we talk about is giving away a lot of stuff so <laughs> um have you read the Gary Vaynerchuk book, Give, 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 Right Hook? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, jab, yeah, jab, have, yeah. yeah. Right, jab, Jab, Right Hook yeah. is there. <laughs> so it's all about just give, 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 and then occasionally ask for the sale. So what I found as well by giving away a lot of content and a lot of free guides, free videos, all that kind of stuff, that works well building your list, and then obviously you can sell back to the list. But what you want to do is push people to those kind of pages. Don't push them to the homepage because they might get lost on your homepage. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of thinking about when we often are sending people to our website, it's often when we have been telling people about a piece of content like a blog post or a video or a podcast, then we're asking people to go over to the site to see more. So we might share a snippet on Facebook and say, go and watch the whole video or go and watch, listen to the whole podcast here. So I suppose then we don't necessarily take them to landing pages because we're trying to get them to just consume a little bit more of the content um, if they like the teaser. So in that case, they would go to the podcast page or the blog page or something like that. So then that was my uh, kind of next question in terms of um, do you have any tips for when they get to your site and they are maybe on the podcast page, but you want them to then look around a little bit more? Are there any tips for making that navigation a little bit uh, simpler so that they feel with ease they can start to look around the website? I think um, with podcast pages, what, what works well is the show notes stuff. And a lot of people try and put too much on to the page to try it. You generally find websites either have nothing or too much. So some people try and put six calls to action on like a sidebar on the podcast page. Um, just have one call to action. If you want people to sign up for updates for the podcast, then that's the easy one to start with if you can't think of anything or you've not got anything that's really good to give away at this point in time. Um, surveys work really well. So you can put that on the sidebar. Or you can kind of mix that in. You could have like a little banner designed that then sits in the show notes because people generally do read show notes. It's quite interesting. So people will kind of scroll or at least scroll through the show notes to look for any links that you've talked about. So you could put like this little call to action banner, which again could be a pop-up 
um, that's activated by clicking the image, or it could take them to a landing page that's more specific on downloading or watching a video or whatever you want them to do. But that's the kind of key stuff I would try if I was in your position. Right, okay. Also, the key, oh, the key to it is testing stuff. So um, a lot of people come to you and say, I want to know what's working. Um, and you can kind of give them an overview and say, this is working well, surveys are working better than opt-ins, like lead baits and all that kind of stuff now. Um, but you don't know till you try. And it can be as simple as just changing one headline. So it's important to test. Interestingly, on our website, we change the subject line, the like, intro header about 10 times. And we just looked at it each month and saw which one had the lowest kind of bounce rate time on the page. And that's how we settled on the one we've got now. Um, so it's important to kind of just keep looking back at your website and saying, shall I try this? Don't just kind of set it and forget it. Um, look at it as a marketing tool. Look at something where, okay, we've had 26 clicks on that. Let's try this for two weeks. Or okay, we've only had 13 clicks on that. Let's put it back to that one. Does that make sense? Yeah, how, how, over what duration did you change it 10 times? Was that every couple of weeks or was that quite, quite a few months? So we average about 1,000 to 2,000 a month, depending on what we're doing content wise. Um, yeah, so we, we just, we just did it about every, every month for about 10 months. Um, some months I wouldn't do it for a couple of months. So over a space of a year, I think I did it. Right. Um, yeah, we just kind of tracked it with click software where people, what, it was interesting that different headlines made people click the button more below it. Um, and some people would try and click on the headline itself if it was different. So it's interesting, but you might feel you know your business really well, but you not, might not be communicating what you do or the benefit to the person that well. So it's important to kind of try and change things, look at it in that kind of objective thing. What problem do you solve? What's their pain? And just tweak the headlines and the copy to that. And that will have a massive benefit as well to the kind of time on the site and then how likely they are to sign up for a free guide or a consultation or a free call, whatever you want to kind of get them into the next step. Yes, it's so important, isn't it? You know, put so much effort into getting people to come to our websites that, you know, if, if it's so important that when they get to the website that it's all written well, that, that people take action, that people don't just bounce off the site. So I really like what you said about just testing and testing and testing because what works for one person might not necessarily work for someone else because everyone's in different industries and niches and things like that. So um, that makes loads of sense. So what would you say um, kind of in in closing, what what's the biggest mistake that you see people make on their websites that um, irritates you the most as someone who does website reviews? What's the biggest thing? I guess you said that you do website reviews that you see all the time that um, that perhaps some of my listeners would be making that mistake as well, and um, you may have some advice for them on that. <laughs> Key thing is clarity. So if I we've got a, a mutual client i believe um so we first got asked to look at his website and within like 10 seconds the, the kind of rule of thumb is if people don't know what you do in five seconds you've lost them so i was staring at his website for about two minutes and i still couldn't figure out what he did um so <laughs> and i think the mistake people make is they talk in their language so you know your industry and your job or your, what you do and specialize in back of your hand so it's very easy for you to just talk about it 
and expect people to know what you're talking about. So you need to kind of dumb it right down and talk about the benefits of the problem you're solving, essentially. Because if they don't understand what you do in five seconds, they're going to leave. So it's important to, I, I talked about it briefly, quickly earlier, but you just need to put yourself in their shoes. And what we tend to do is just ask people, what do you understand this? So I'll go around, when I, when I see a website I don't get, I'll go around the team and say, what do these guys do? And if no one can say in the first 10 seconds, that's the problem. <laughs> um, you can have the best design in the world. You can have the best product in the world. If people don't know what you do and the benefit you solve, no one's going to do anything on your website. No. no so that's, that's my kind of number one thing I look for straight away on websites. What do they do? What do so they do? I think the biggest kind of takeaway then for people listening to this is perhaps to to do that review on your own sites and just for yourself kind of go and imagine that you were landing on it in the first time and critically look. But also it's probably just to ask people, ask your friends, family, isn't it? People who maybe don't know that much about what you do to have a quick look and tell you back what they think and if it's if what they say <laughs> just does, does not align at all. You know you've got a problem, don't you? You're probably better off doing it with peer groups because your family will probably be a bit softer with you. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. If you're in support groups or memberships or Facebook groups, just put your link in and say, can I get some feedback on this? And a lot of people will come back and say, don't, don't know what you do. Um, <laughs> um, so that and calls to action for me are the two biggest things people must make on their websites. They don't, it's no clarity on what they do for the user. And there's no no next step for the user. Like, what do you want? Great. Even if they understand what you do and they think, oh, that could be good, but there's no kind of do this now to get this. Um, download my free guide or watch this video to learn how to do this or give me a call back or whatever. And so many people do not put those on their website as well. Yeah. They don't, or if they do, they just don't make it easy or they don't make it obvious. Um, can either easily be missed or it's a bit too complicated so you don't take that next step. So I think, I, I guess it's like making it really simple as well, isn't it? Making it stand out, making it simple, kind of making it a bit of a no-brainer if you enjoyed the site and the content, a bit of a no-brainer to take some action, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's crucial for me. And, and, and something that you and I talked about just before I hit record, actually, I know you said to me another really important thing is that you should never consider a website to be to be done as well. It's like an, an ever-changing thing, isn't it? Yeah, because I think as you grow and evolve as a business owner or um, what you're doing, things change and they can change in six months to a year. So it's important to look back at your website logically and say, does this fit where we are now as a business? Um and I do it myself once a month, every every couple of months if, if I've got time. And I just ask myself, does this align to where we are now and what we're doing? Does it does it sell me to the right people? Like we used to have a different logo and we just felt it didn't talk to the people we wanted to attract. So we just made the call on the Friday night, right, we're going to change the logo, change the style. And that was my job for the next three weeks was to do all that. Um, and also you have to remember it's a marketing tool. So you need to be building landing pages on the back of the site where people can't directly access them from the homepage and just getting everything in place to kind of help you market, build your lists and then push people back to buy your service or your product as well. So once you get the website, it, the, getting the website live is the first step. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, the real work comes in after getting your marketing in place. And, and you've been through the same thing. We've had conversations and you've done your lead baits and you're trying to connect it to the CRM and all that kind of stuff. It, it's a minefield and it is hard work, but you've just got to keep doing it. Otherwise, you won't have the success you hope for. Yeah, it's hard work, but it's worth it, isn't it? Um, and you will you will see the, the benefits when you put that time in. And I completely agree about how you need to keep looking at it because even just the smallest things like the most up-to-date testimonials in the right places that they're you know, featured in, like making sure that's up-to-date, um, updating the wording. I love what you said about actually don't rest on your laurels as well. So change the headlines and just look at the analytics and see if one's working differently to the other. And just it's just a constant... Um, like review isn't it you, you can't ever consider it to be done basically I think I'm going to diarise to um, maybe do a little monthly review of our site just to make sure that we're always keeping it up to date actually because it's not something that um, we've always been doing but it makes complete sense that that's what we should be doing so um, thanks Matt I should add that into my, <laughs> to my team calendar yeah, it's, it's the key thing for me is is it talking to the, your ideal client Um and if the answer is yes, then you don't have to change a lot. But if you if you can sit there and say, I don't think this talks to who we want anymore. Because a lot of people moan that they get poor leads or um, the wrong people come through the website. So something's wrong in the copy or your, your pricing or the way you're kind of presenting yourself online. So that generally does have a big impact on the kind of people you attract as well. Yeah, and that's just going to end up um, wasting time for you and for them as well, isn't it? So it's like a, a kind of lose-lose situation as well. So nobody wants that. <laughs> no, no. Well, well um, I think we'll call it a wrap there, Mike. But thank you so, so, so much for coming on the show. It's been really, really good. Um, where can people go to find out more about what you do, Matt, and, um, and Mel and your social profiles and things like that? Yeah, so the website is www.mountdesign. People always think I say mount, but it's mount, M-E-L-T, design.co.uk. <laughs> if you want me to have a look at your website and see if I can help recommend some improvements, just put a slash health check on the back of that URL, and I'll be happy to look at it for you. Um, socially, we're on Instagram, I think it's Mount Creative Web, and Twitter is just Mount Design. So if you want to kind of drop me a line, Happy to kind of help if I can. Yeah, well, we'll put all of those links into the show notes. So the links to your website, social, and also for you to do the um, the health check as well. So all of the links will be there in the show notes. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really do appreciate it. I think I've taken a lot from it, so I'm sure the audience have as well. Cool. Thanks. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me. Take care.